Hello and welcome to The Aside. I'm Nick Waxman. And I'm Ellie Erez. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Theatre of Cruelty. And the work of Antonin Artaud. Although Theatre of Cruelty's performance style was originally developed by the avant-garde French playwright, essayist and theorist Henry Bake. Well, that's correct, but we are going to be focusing our attention today on Artaud. If you say so. Okay then, let's start with a quick biography. He was born in 1896 in France. One of nine children, but only three survived infancy. And at age four, he got severe meningitis, which resulted him in developing an irritable temperament, neuralgia... Neuralgia? Neuralgia. That's what he developed. And stammering. So it also affected yours. (laughs) It did, because I got meningitis as well. I I got meningitis when I was born. And that's why you get neuralgia and stammer as well. Stammer. I can't say neuralgia uh, because of my meningitis. That's certainly not the case. But hey, that's... Quite incredible. And you had it twice. I got meningitis twice. That's right. I died on on my sister's birthday when I was about 14 days old. uh, And then I got it later. So Far out. We have so much in common, Artel and I. (laughs) Uh, maybe Are you I'll also do... addicted to opium? <laughs> Not yet. Not so, yet. Not okay. We'll maybe. try and keep away from that stuff. <laughs> yes. So I got meningitis just like Arto. But back to Arto. Mm. At 22, <laughs> he was prescribed opium to help him cope with the pain and to help him relax. Yes, he also got severe bouts of depression, which led him being sent to a sanatorium for five years. And as a result, he developed a lifelong addiction to drugs, uh, as well as some other uh, substances. And because of that, he was only 51 years old when he died. Mm, Stay away from drugs, kids. Mm. And yet, despite his short lifespan, he managed to make a significant and lasting contribution to the world of theatre. Artaud was originally a member of the Surrealist movement in Paris in 1920s and was well known as an actor and playwright of avant-garde theatre. Much of the avant-garde theatre that developed in France after World War I was a revolt against traditional society beliefs. The horrors of World War I caused many artists to feel disengaged with society and cynical about the traditional values and beliefs. In 1926, in association with Surrealist playwright Roger Vitrak, Artaud founded the Theatre Alfred Jarry, which only produced non-realistic drama. Unfortunately, the company only lasted a couple of years. And after his work in Surrealist theatre, Artaud went on to develop his theories on theatre of cruelty. He was inspired by a Balinese dance troupe performance that he viewed at the Paris Colonial Exhibit in 1931. The performance conventions of Balinese dance were very different to any Artaud had previously experienced, and he was mesmerised by the intense physicality of the dancers. And in 1938, he published his seminal work on Theatre of Cruelty, titled The Theatre and Its Double. Theatre of Cruelty can be seen as a break with traditional Western theatre, and a means by which artists assault the senses of their audiences and allow them to feel the unexpressed emotions of their subconscious. Whoa. An interesting fact, though, Arto actually only produced one play in his lifetime in the style of Theatre of Cruelty. The play was Les Sensi and was performed in 1935 at the Theatre del Folie Vagrum in Paris. The play was neither a commercial or critical success and ran for only 17 performances. Yeah, well, I, once again, I have a lot in common with Mr. Arto. All of my work has been a commercial and critical failure, so great, excellent. 
But many great theatre artists since have created productions that have been inspired by Arto's theories, including Jean Genet, uh, Yoshi Grotowski, and Peter Brooks. So you may still experience some success way after your death. I would die and then was like, oh, wow, this, this playwright, he was really speaking genius, to me. Genius, yeah. genius. Uh, the, Ger- the German dramatist uh, Heiner Müller argues that we haven't fully understood Arto's contribution to theatrical culture yet. Artaud was certainly a revolutionary thinker. He was convinced that theatrical experiences could purify society. By assaulting the audience's senses, destructive feelings and experiences could be purged and a man would be free to experience the joy that society forces them to repress. Artaud felt that the focus of traditional theatre was stale and narrow. He wanted to create theatre that delved into the human subconscious. He believed that the unconscious mind was the source of... Of artistic truth. He also believed that words were insufficient in communicating meaning. Words could not adequately express the dark recesses of man's subconscious. He believed that speech should be reduced to inarticulate sounds, cries, gibberish, and screams. In fact, Arto stated, it has not been definitively proven that the language of words is the best possible language. All true language is incomprehensible, like the chatter of a beggar's teeth. With that in mind, we are going to continue the podcast uh, using only a gibberish cries scream. He also said, I'm adding another language to the spoken language, and I'm trying to restore the language of speech into its old magic, its essential spellbinding power, for its mysterious possibilities have been forgotten. Arto was indeed ahead of his time. He wanted to abolish the stage and auditorium and dispense with sets and props and masks. Arto envisioned the performance space as an empty room with the audience seated in the centre and the actors performing all around them. The aim was to hurl the spectator into the centre of the action, forcing, forcing them to engage with the performance on an instinctive level. The audience were placed in the centre of the performance as a form of entrapment. The idea was to expose rather than protect the audience. Let me out of here! I hate this show! Stagecraft included ear-piercing sound effects and bright lights in order to completely overwhelm the audience's senses. He believed that the theatre experience should be completely visceral and incorporate all elements that would activate all five of the audience's senses. Although there, of course, we have more than five senses, don't we? We do. But the five essential senses, absolutely. So let's look at some of the conventions of theatre of cruelty that students might like to explore. Many of the key conventions of theatre cruelty relate to the subject matter of the performance. Yes, the main rule of thumb is that the subject matter should be confrontational. Subject matter that examines the macabre, the bizarre, the gruesome or the grotesque. Subject matter that connects with the deepest and darkest recesses of our subconscious. Yeah, dreams and nightmares and moments of deja vu. What about theatre of cruelty conventions that relate to stagecraft? Well, the simple rule is to assault the audience's senses. Five, six, seven or eight of them. Ensure to create an extreme sensory experience by assaulting all the senses of your audience. Try surrounding the audience. Create piercing, overwhelming, rhythmic, ritualistic sound effects and lighting effects that include bright, blinding flashes interspersed with blackouts. Ah, can't see, can't see! 
Uh, oh, and scenic elements that are unsymmetrical or unbalanced and surreal. And projections that are unnatural or disturbing. And costumes and props that are ritualistic or symbolic. What about theatre of cruelty conventions relating to the performer? Well, there's visual poetry. Stylized movement that is often unnatural or contorted or use of grotesque caricature. And highly physical performances that are steeped in primitive ritual. And limiting words and focusing on sounds to evoke emotion. Such as screams and gibberish and loud rhythmic chanting and chanting and chanting and chanting. Uh, piercing vocal sounds. Ah, ah, inarticulate cries. <laughs> sighs, grunts, wailing, singing. Old man river. <laughs> no, no. Not quite. Ellie, what are some of the activities you do with your students in the classroom to explore theatre of cruelty? Well, I love to create an experiential, visceral exercise for my students whenever I'm introducing a new unit of work. I'll ask my students to enter the drama studio without speaking. The drama studio will be filled with sounds that relate to a specific stimulus that forms the focus for their performance making. I like to overlap YouTube clips to create a cacophony of noise and use images and objects and smells uh, to fully assault their senses. This usually culminates in some sort of brainstorming exercise that kicks off their creative process. Brilliant. Uh, one exercise I like to do is to get my students to stand in a circle. The students are instructed to join hands and create a low hum that they slowly build into a cacophony of sounds while lifting their hands towards the sky. I then get students to repeat the exercise a few times, but with slight variations. Each time the exercise is repeated, I invite a small group of students into the middle of the circle to experience what it feels like to be surrounded by the sounds of actors chanting in unison. Well, that's just about all we have time for on today's episode. There are a range of episodes in the bank, so feel free to listen to one that grabs your attention. All the details are in the episode description, so check them out. And please do not hesitate to email us at asidepodcast@outlook.com. Thank you so much to Eltham College for letting us record here, and of course to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thanks for listening. 